I'm Jules. I'm Sophia. And this is the, the Austin, Austin Archives. Archives. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, we are still talking about Pride and Prejudice, a novel by Jane Austen. Oh, gosh. Just some reminders here that it was published in 1813 at the time by the author of Sense and Sensibility and later Jane Austen proved that she was the bomb.com and wrote the thing (laughs) wanted credit and we're like yes we love you at least I was and Follows the Bennets, uh, the Bennett family, I guess, specifically. And I guess even more specifically, Elizabeth Bennett and their adventures and shenanigans and love and romance with each other. Or not with each other, with other people <laughs> with <laughs> happening like with each other and that they are around each other at the same time around each other at the same <laughs> <Yeah>. time <laughs> you know uh, gosh what else yeah I mean I guess the other main players are the love interests of um, Mr. Bingley to Jane and uh, Mr. Darcy and Elizabeth and Wickham and Lydia, I guess. <laughs> Gosh, what else? Uh, to say, I guess, like, um, something we also mention occasionally um, to note is the ages of the characters. Uh, I know that I'm not looking at Wikipedia right now to prove this. And I still know that Elizabeth Bennett in canon is 20 years old because she is not one in 20. <laughs> um, and I believe Jane is 22. Yes. Uh, Lydia is 15, right? Mm-hmm. And then I forget Mary and Kitty right now. Uh, Kitty is 17. Okay. And Mary's age is not given, mm. but she's either 18 or 19. Sure. 18 or 19. A general time frame there. Yeah. I'm trying to think. That, those are kind of the big big players, other than maybe Mr. Collins. Who is the cousin? Is he the cousin of Mr. Bennett? Is that right? Or is he like a related person? Who? Mr. Collins? Yeah. He is Mr. Bennett's cousin. Cool. Great. Have that family tree in my mind. Glad to know. Mm-hmm. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. I don't know. Any, any other things that you would like to add that I've forgotten? Um, no, I think you mm. hit all of it. Cool. Sweet. No Wikipedia for me. I just know it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, yeah. well, I guess Darcy, Darcy's uh, yearly income in mm. 2018 would be one million forty-five thousand uh, dollars. So that's why everyone's losing their minds about how rich he is. <laughs> Ten thousand a year. What? It's <laughs> like somebody going. He makes a million dollars a year. Hell yeah, sign me up. <laughs> that is a significant sum of money. Yeah. One that I don't, I don't, I don't know how realistic that is that I will ever make. Um, I would... child care. <laughs> we don't get paid a lot of money. Yeah, I would say not at all. No, I'm not expecting that at all in my lifetime. No, um, definitely not expecting it. It would be great. Or, like, not even hoping. Like, if it happens, I will assume that I am in the Matrix and there has been a glitch. Okay, so full services. Yeah. So, the adaptation we watched for today was the 1995 uh, six-episode Pride and Prejudice miniseries um, adapted from... Jane Austen's book by Andrew Davies, who you may remember did the 2008 Sense and Sensibility miniseries as well. Um, we have some thoughts on him, <laughs> maybe as a person, yeah. but uh, this was an excellent adaptation, in my opinion. Um, Jennifer Ely is Elizabeth Bennett, and Colin Firth is Mr. Darcy, OG shout out. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it. Let's see. Other big players are. Um, oh my goodness. Where is he? Haha. Crispin Bonham Carter as Mr. Charles Bingley, who is Helena Bonham Carter's cousin, like twice removed. I don't remember exactly the degrees of separation, but they were the same family. Um, and then we have, um, Susanna Harker as Jane Bennett. Um, let's see, Lucy Scott as Charlotte Lucas. Barbara Lee Hunt as Lady Catherine de Berg. Uh, and those are, I think, the biggest names, um, that you may recognize. They're pretty... I will say, like, I felt like the casting in this was a lot more in line with the way that the characters are described mm-hmm. in the books. Um, I, I think the actress that plays Lydia, she, maybe she doesn't look 15, but she looks very young. She definitely looks like a yes. teenager. Um, and, you know, the woman that plays Jane is, like, very classically you know, what would be considered beautiful in terms of, like, that time period, you know, a little bit of a fuller face and figure. Um, And the actress that plays Elizabeth is just, like, her eyes really do sparkle. I don't know how much of that is the cinematography, but, like, she, and then, of course, as we know, (laughs) Colin Firth is, like, the king of acting with only his eyes. So um, true. <laughs> I don't know why he's so good at it, but he is so good at it. Yeah, that man can stare at me any day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm not sure if you mentioned this 
because I was staring deeply into my rabbit's eyes, you know, like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, Crispin Bonham Carter, we talked about him last time uh, as like a cousin of Helena Bonham Carter, which was like a new revelation for me for oh, whatever reasons. It's other other people of note. Yeah, yeah. I uh, he. It's so funny because he. They don't really look alike. Like I wouldn't have known they were family, and I yeah. didn't know they were family until I actually like read the cast list, and I was like, there can't be that many Bonham Carters. <laughs> How many Bonham Carters are out there in this world? Hmm. Yeah. Well, and Wikipedia says that they are only like the people that are related. So. <laughs> There are not that many. Um, also, apparently, uh, Colin Firth is single now. Oh, so if anybody's ooh. interested, you can try and get on that. I don't know how successful you'll be, but <laughs> just doing my my good deed for the day and letting the world know. Yeah. Um, good to know. Good to know. <laughs> so I, the quote that um, we thought would be good for today is... From chapter 31. And uh, it's the line. Elizabeth says. My courage always rises. With every attempt to intimidate me. Mm-hmm. Which is in this adaptation. I mean I think this is just true. Of Elizabeth Bennett as a character. Across the adaptations we've seen so far. Uh, and not to spoil anything. But also the adaptations. That we will be talking about in the future. Um she really does like she's she's a person a type of person that doubles down on her opinions when people kind of question her about mm-hmm. them. Um, and I think, but that's really in this adaptation at least, it's it's very apparent because of the way that she kind of reacts when um, people are talking to her. I guess. Um, a good example of this would be in the first proposal scene at Darcy. Uh, she, oh my goodness, I don't know. He he says something about like, can you like not acknowledge that I am saying some things which are true? And she's like, not at all. Get out! I hate you. Uh, <laughs> And it's just, like, and so, on the one hand, like, yeah, this adaptation does a good job of really showing how Elizabeth, like, doubles down. And it's not just in that one scene, but I think across all six of the episodes, which kind of, for me at least, when we get to that last episode, and she kind of has this realization that, like, she has been in the wrong about certain things. Not everything, but definitely certain things. It kind of makes it that much sweeter to see mm-hmm. that character growth. Um, so yeah, I just I think that that quote really fit with what we were watching for today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. And I think something to add into is her infalling for Darcy in the end. Something that I really like about this adaptation is um, again that like doubling down makes it so interesting and I think 
kind of awesome to see her being like, ooh, actually, hold on. Um, another storyline where that really comes out of her like, ooh, no, this is how it is. And is uh, her um, getting to know Wickham and going into like three minutes after knowing him and him talking about how Darcy done done him wrong. He's like, oh, this has to be true. He gave names and facts and figures and actually says kind of almost literally that to Jane. And sweet, sweet Jane is like, oh, but we're like, we only just knew him. Are we sure? Which is valid. Some points were made. And Elizabeth has this moment of like, well, how could it not be true? Wow. It totally makes it that much more intriguing when, you know, Darcy writes a letter and is like, actually, here's here's some things that you should know. And that's the whole like, oh, I gotta reevaluate how I'm looking at people. Yeah, again, just like that that cool mix of how especially in this version, Elizabeth has both pride and prejudice about people. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is um I really do think actually that that is, and I think, you know, I mentioned this before we really got started, but um, that one of the things that I really like about this adaptation is, you know, and I think the 1940 adaptation is a good example of this, but like the adaptations we've seen so far have been very Elizabeth is prejudiced, Darcy is pride. This adaptation accepts and acknowledges the fact that actually like in the book and the source material, Elizabeth and Darcy both have those characteristics. And yeah, okay, Darcy probably is more of a prideful character and Elizabeth is more prejudiced, but they both fall into similar traps of, mm-hmm. of those two emotions to varying degrees. Right. And I think just like off of that, so another scene that I really love is when um, Elizabeth and Mr. Bennett are talking after Darcy proposes is like, are you sure? And in other versions, um, you know, I haven't fully believed like, oh, we're actually really similar. But in this one, I don't know if she actually has that line, but you know, she's like, does have a line, something along the lines of like, I really misjudged him. I really do love him. And I'm like, yeah, (laughs) you really see how similar they are, um, which is really cool. You don't just like believe it. You like are are seeing the trajectory of it, which is yeah. I was trying to check my bias throughout this. I was like, no, this is actually the greatest version. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I I kept I kept doing that too. And I was I was just like, you know, this is just like the best. And I have to like step best. back and be like. There are still issues with it that I think oh, yeah. I have, you know, but it's just like, uh, I, I just, I really do think, though, that, that this is one of the better ones, and uh, I feel that that is a good opinion to have. I don't think that that's necessarily coming from a, a place of, you know, bias, but um, I definitely do want to just, like, anytime I was like, hmm, I don't know about this choice, another part of me was like, <laughs> how can you say that? <laughs> How can we say such things? 
I I really liked how in the opening, you know, the Darcy and Bingley are on horseback and they're like talking about Netherfield from a distance. And then it pans over to Elizabeth and she's like on a hill watching them. <laughs> I just like, I don't know. It was just like the type of mood I was in when I was first watching the first episode, but I was like, just laughed because I was like, okay, what an interesting way to set up your characters right now. Just watching from a distance. That is like, I don't know, that is kind of, that seems like that's kind of typical for this though, because we have that scene where Darcy is taking a bath. Oh my gosh, like, I watches... have notes about the bath <laughs> <laughs> She just watches Elizabeth playing with this dog. Like, I... Man, there's so many interesting, like, padding <laughs> scenes. What are, what are we trying to do? Clearly, Andrew Davies just really enjoyed having Colin Firth strip down and get wet. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> or, like, somebody at the BBC was just like, you know what we should have? Is well, Colin I'm... Firth shirtless and wet. <laughs> well, sometimes I mean, sometimes together and sometimes it separately. It has to be called. It has to be uh, Andrew Davies because it's his, his his driving belief that Pride and Prejudice is all about sexual tension. Oh, gosh, I guess so. so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, bless. <laughs> I'm not complaining about it, but it's very strange. Also, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> it has no reason to be there, but like, it's there. Here, here it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just really like. I have a couple of notes about how much I really love the interactions in between the characters like there's just so many beautiful moments where you can tell how much like the Bennets are they love each other yeah like there's a lot of like you know eye-rolling scenes in between Mr. Bennett and Lizzie which I love a lot because it tells so much about their relationship and um what else there's so many like really beautiful moments in between um um, there's so many beautiful scenes in between um jane and elizabeth where they just like have cute sisterly bonding time i don't know it's just like so many good little like i talk about like the padding scenes for you know (laughs) Darcy being a little strange, especially for like the shirtless stuff, but also again not complaining. But I just really love the extra focus, <laughs> the extra time that was put into the relationships in between people. Yeah, and I think one of my favorite scenes in the entire adaptation actually isn't even a scene between Elizabeth and Darcy, but it's between Elizabeth and Jane. And Elizabeth is like trying to convince Jane that she is actually seriously engaged to Mr. Darcy. And Jane just like flat out refuses to believe her. She's like, but you hate him. And Elizabeth is like, well, actually. And Jane is like, no, but I know you hate him. And she's like, well. And then Jane is like, no, but seriously, Lizzie, you hate this dude. (laughs) I mean, it happens in canon, though. 
it it does but it's just something about the way like their body language towards one another and the way that they're they're like sitting and talking and and it's not just that one scene there are several scenes that we get where like Jane and Elizabeth are just like in their sleeping clothes with their hair down just like sharing you know being sisters um yeah that that scene in particular just kind of warms my heart because like Jane is keep like okay please just be serious with me Elizabeth and Elizabeth is just like physically incapable of it yeah she's She's like like, in tz elizabeth mode which is great yeah she's like but are you serious yeah like just just a quick question here just a quick question um yeah no so i i I completely agree with you i think that this adaptation does a really good job of of showing like how the not only actually how the bennett family really loves each other but also like the the brother sister bond between um georgiana and darcy Mm. because there's that scene where elizabeth and georgiana are like taking turns playing the piano forte and uh what's her face caroline (laughs) she's like oh my gosh she completely drew a blank um caroline says something about wickham and like georgiana like physically jumps out of her seat and mm. immediately Darcy like like goes into this like co- hard combat stance and then thankfully yeah. Elizabeth is just like completely managed to defuse everything but I had like absolutely no doubt in that moment that like Mr. Darcy was gonna throw hands at her mm-hmm. like you say what in my house no <laughs> no you don't have a sister like that yeah yeah so true Mm -hmm. so many good relationships so true my note here says capital capital I swear this isn't Sir William Lucas's catchphrase (laughs) capital capital (laughs) he is just such a fuddy-duddy in this one I love him so much he's just like I don't know if fuddy duddy is the right term, but he just like looks like he six glasses into a bottle of port like <laughs> all the time, and I'm just, like into it. Yeah, it's pretty true. Like I don't know, he's just like there for a good time, which I love, but also like comes off as just like I generally want people to like enjoy themselves, and I actually really care about these humans, which is also. A really fun, good mix. Well, and it is, he does, he's a, he's a good guy. He cares about his family. Mm-hmm. He cares about his kids. But he also cares about the people in his town. He, like, they're at that assembly, and it's when Darcy and Elizabeth are dancing. And, like, he, like, bumps into them and, like, completely oblivious as to what's going on. And, like, completely interrupts their dance and is like, oh, I'm so happy to see you guys are dancing. And then says some really, he like says, I don't remember the exact thing that he says, but he says something to the effect of like, oh, it looks like everybody's having a good time. And it looks like Bingley and Jane are going to be married soon. And then just Mm. walked off. And Darcy is just like, what? (laughs) And I just thought that was such a great scene because like, he's, you know what? So he's just there to have a good time. He's there. He's enjoying himself. He's having a few drinks. You know, he just says shit. And like, he's just happy. And I think we should all try and follow his example. And just do what makes us happy <laughs> and not care about anything else. 
Yeah, and just say capital, capital, and things capital, are capital. going well. Wear a waistcoat that is probably one size too small. Yeah. He's, he's the trying, look that you know? he was trying. Yeah. <laughs> he's trying. He's trying his best. So hard. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned this before, but a lot of my notes are just about uh, Colin first eye acting. <laughs> which is great oh my gosh yeah I did not like honestly like Colin Firth has never like this is the best I think he's ever been Mm, but sure all of his other roles are still so good I don't know how that man learned to act with just his eyes but he does and he does but he does and he does it so well yeah I feel like Oh, yeah. Go ahead. No, no you go ahead. Cool. Um, <laughs> I was just going to say, I also really love in, like, the eye acting. You can tell that, like, you know, my first note is about the, um, you know, when Darcy is meditating on Elizabeth Bennett's fine eyes, you can tell he goes soft. But, like, it gets more and more, like, evident as the as the time goes on which is like i don't know how you do it but you do it ah come love that this mr collins i really like um something about the way that um i have a note here about the voice it works so well for the pompous and definitely doesn't know it character the hair also helps, as it is very similar to modern-day, like, greasy boys. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, um, his name is David Bamber. David Bamber. Doing the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Wickham is so likable. He really does play the part well. I also never realized how slimy it is that Wickham asks the question he does before straight up lying. Really the worst, TM. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, well, and I don't know. He, and the thing about Wickham um, in this adaptation is that he looks like he is Darcy's age you know like he doesn't Mm. look I think a lot of times um Wickham is portrayed to be kind of like a younger looking like kind of very dashing man um as opposed to like Mr. Darcy and I think the adaptation I'm thinking of is the 2005 one which like probably shouldn't talk that much about because we're going to get into it but um like Rupert Friend pray plays Wickham in that and he is very like boyishly good looking like kind of poppy boy bandish almost and then you've got yeah yeah. (laughs) and then you've got Matthew McFadden who is also very like handsome but it's more like dignified and refined Mm -hmm. um and I think this one though it really like I believe that Wickham and Darcy were like the same age and had grown up together because they both had a kind of similar look to them in terms of like you know 
both definitely um, were like mature, like 28 year olds should be in this time period. Um, and it just made it a lot more creepy for me that he was like into Lydia um, mm-hmm. and like just how it felt like very wrong to me since she looked so young in this adaptation. Um, yeah, she's it was such a age differential to me in this one. And yeah, I would agree. It it made the their relationship I I think especially in, you know, the year twenty twenty, I'm like, ugh, no. <laughs> Get away from this small child now. Well, I think and that's the thing too, is like, yeah, like it is really weird in twenty twenty, but also like it was weird back then. I mean, like they, they, the characters aren't like outright disgusted by it, but several of them do comment like, "Oh, Lydia is like very young for this kind of thing." Um, you know, like if she was like even seventeen, you know, this probably it wouldn't have been such an issue. But like the fact that she's fifteen, you know, like even Lady Catherine is like. I don't think your youngest su- sister is even supposed to be out in society yet. And Elizabeth's like, well, fuck you. But like, you know, it's, it's definitely that comment is not just Lady Catherine being like trying to goad Elizabeth into doing something, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it comes from a place of like, well, this is very unusual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think I, okay. And so this might be jumping forward a little bit too much but the the last saying scene when um the, there's the double wedding because of course there's a double wedding of course uh, and the they were listening to the preacher give the sermon or not the sermon but like the vows or whatever it is i don't know how that type of marriage ceremony works um but he's talking about like what marriage is supposed to be mm-hmm. You know, and it like cuts. He says something along the lines of like, should like protect those in it from the knowledge of carnal sin or whatever, <laughs> and jumps to a picture of Lydia and Wickham in bed. And Lydia's like, yeah, trying to look flirty, like twirling her hair. And like, Wickham is just like rolling his eyes and like chugging from like a bottle of whiskey. Um, which yeah some choices that are made Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think it's but I think that that was really an interesting way of like wrapping up the storyline is being like okay look look what happened because these choices were made for these characters Um, and I think that I think definitely the way that Wickham and Lydia were portrayed really like lends to that point being driven home that you know this is not something that you can just base a relationship on and like mm-hmm. Wickham really messed up when he, you know, I don't know, seduced Lydia for lack of a better term. Although I think that is what happens. And oh, excuse me. Um, I do think that's what happens in this one. I think, uh, but I think Lydia is much more into it. Um, <laughs> like, so for example, when we saw Austin's pride, there was that scene where Lydia is kind of like pushing back on Wickham. Like you have to marry me before I'll, I'll sleep with you. And Wickham is like, well, I guess you're still a child then. And then she does it. 
And this one, Lydia's like, yeah, let's go and let's have a good time. And I want to get laid, you know, like she's like (laughs) just as into it as Wickham is, you know, as like much as she can be at the age of 15. But like she's not like it doesn't show that same tension of like, well, Lydia doesn't really want this, but she's doing it because she wants approval versus like Lydia is not really thinking about this seriously and just kind of doing something that she thinks is fun. Right. And I think that's, now that I'm reflecting on it, maybe that's kind of like a piece of this Andrew Davies adaptation of like sex. Ooh. Um, I feel like, I don't know if I've thought too much about like, can Lydia, I think would, I don't know. I have like mixed messages about like, Ken and Lydia in my brain of like I feel like she is very naive and um I'm not sure if she would maybe pit push back on Wickham to be like do you love me yeah I mean and I don't I don't think that that necessarily happens in the book either like that kind of hint that Lydia might have pushed back on it but I also think that Lydia isn't really flushed out enough as a character for me to say that it it, it couldn't have had, like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Lydia is a character in the book where, you know, it's kind of, it's very much what Elizabeth sees of her sister is how she's portrayed. Mm-hmm. So, like, Elizabeth believing Lydia to be this way makes Lydia that way as a character. Um But I don't know. I just thought it was kind of it was it was interesting because this is much more explicitly shown that, no, this is how Lydia is. You know, this isn't just Elizabeth's portrayal of her. This is how Lydia really does act as a person independent of Elizabeth's lens, you know? Yeah, sure. Yeah, like it's one of those you can we can believe all kinds of things. Is it true? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I definitely think that that that's how it is in the book, but in the movie, there's like no room for uh, any other interpretation. Right. Yeah. True. True. But no, I I really just immensely enjoyed it. I just and that and uh, speaking about that last speech or vows or marriage whatever by that um clergyman parson i don't know what they're called mm. clergy clergy person there clergy person sure clergy person um the it cut to different couples <laughs> it was like you know the so it was like the carnal sin for Lydia and Wickham and then for the gardeners who have like a very loving happy relationship it was something like you know the good fortune marriage can bestow and then like Mr. and Mrs. Bennett were like when the guy was warning against the dangers of rushing into marriage too quickly (laughs) and then like it cut to like Charlotte Lucas and Mr. Collins when he was like saying something else about how marriage can be dull and I was just like wow this is really heavy-handed like but at Mm. the same time it wasn't so heavy-handed like this is the first time that I noticed that happening you know like seen this maybe a dozen times and I think this was the first time that I was really like 
maybe it was because I knew we were going to have to talk about it. Um, but like looking at that scene and being like, huh, this happened. <laughs> Can't believe yeah, I didn't this is a thing before. that happened. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'm, I agree that, that like panning from couple to couple was very heavy handed. Yeah. I feel like there's some interesting like visual storytelling that happens and I think that example of the double wedding was the most obvious when they're at the Netherfield Ball and Mary is singing she's singing somewhat purely and you can see the camera panning to all the people in the room and they're doing the awkward face emoji more or less Um, and then it pans the outside, a dog is howling. All right. Incredible. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> These are the choices we're making here. Yeah, I think that was just like, there's, I'm sure there's other things in there, but that's definitely one scene there. You're just like, all right, all right, we, we see. Thank you. This person doesn't sing well. Yeah, what well, the, the line is something like, oh, Mary sings so poorly, and then Elizabeth is like, "But she yet she is determined to do it, or something." Yes, she like, is Aw. determined to do it. Yeah, she is. Don't insult yeah, me. Like I, the older I get, the more sympathetic I am to Mary. I think when I was when I first read the book, I was like, "Mary's a nerd," and now that I myself identify <laughs> as a nerd, I'm like, "Oh, let's leave poor Mary alone." Yeah, leave poor Mary alone. Yeah, it's Mary. Catch me outside doing the 2007 Leave Britney Alone like, <laughs> nice space video. Leave oh Mary God. alone. Leave Mary alone. She's fine. Mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this is another like heavy handed scene. <laughs> This is literally my notes. The scene where Colin sees Lydia and basically into her. Classic. <laughs> Speaking of needing to tuck some lace, y'all. Oh, okay. well, I mean, sure. Yeah, I feel like um, I had another note somewhere around here that was like, I feel like Lydia is basically wearing the modern day per- version of a push-up brawl all throughout this movie. Just like, here's my breasts. Mm. <laughs> yeah. like, All right, bud. Yeah, I was just, it was so funny because, like, it seemed like in the last adaptation, they were so concerned about the amount of cleavage they were showing. Always, it's like, maybe, and maybe I'm misremembering it, but it just seems like multiple times they were talking about tucking lace. And in this one, yeah. it's just like, all right, I feel like if you were jostled suddenly, you'd have slippage, but... And this isn't... Suddenly. (laughs) This isn't, like, a a judgment call in any way. It's just interesting how, like, these... The 1980 adaptation and this one both, uh, the costumes are more period-appropriate, but it's, Mm -hmm. like, they they approach the period-appropriateness in different ways. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I think definitely sure. with the the way that Lydia is dressed and the way it, it is very heavy handed and in that scene with Mr. Collins, but also like when she's like 
getting drunk and stumbling around um, Netherfield during the ball scene. And like, it just it, like her figure is like almost completely showing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. This, this adaptation is very like heavy handed with things that you would normally find to be more suggestive than anything. Like, I think like the clothing choices, the music choices, the, the camera choices, like the way that it cuts <laughs> and like, well, and the way it frames Colin for face when he's acting with his eyes, oh, you know, like mm-hmm. that's the content I'm okay with. Yeah, other that's... other things. I'm like, all right, I see. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm definitely I'm not complaining, but it is heavy-handed. Mm-hmm. True. Yes. The green suit, iconic. Yeah, I really love the fact that it's um, it's something that Darcy wears again in scenes and like has moments where he like literally I think or says to a maid in another scene like literally puts it on I think to like try again with Lizzie and like "Uh, this time I will wear the green suit and she will love me like I feel like that's like (laughs) what's going through his mind it works out at the end you know yeah I just think that's really cute. My green suit. I'm going to wear it. One day, <laughs> Lizzie Ben's going to love me. <laughs> oh, it's so funny. He's so... Oh, he... Well, and that's the thing, too, is that whole... That's every, like, interaction that they have after a certain point is just cute to me. Like, mm-hmm. everything that happens in, like, Pemberley. And then, like, the last scene... Well, not the not the last scene of the thing, but like the scene where he's proposing to her for a second time, essentially, and so and he's just like so like he calls her dearest, loveliest Elizabeth, and he's like oh. looking at her, but she can't look at him, and she's like blushing yeah. and looking away, and I'm just like, oh, baby, uh, baby, can you believe they're inventing <laughs> romance? Oh. Romance was invented in 1995. Sorry, everybody else. Sorry. Mm. You tried, but like it was invented then. Yeah. 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 Oh, so true. Well, it was okay. It was invented when Jane Austen was alive and then it died with her and then it came back. Yes. And then it came back. So true. Yes. Yes. Yeah. There we go. We got there. This is going back to Mrs. Collins. Mr. Collins has such a good face journey when Lizzie Pennant's called turning him down there's just so many different emotions that happened oh that was great and I also really like so like in other versions um you don't necessarily see how Charlotte and Collins kind of wind up together or you do Mm -hmm. but it's not like super clear and in this version there's a moment where Charlotte is walking to uh, Longbourn and like meets Kitty and um, I almost said Mary it's not Mary Kitty and Lydia in the pathway and they're like oh Mr. Collins oh, he got turned down we're all in uproar Ooh. and you can see like after um, they pass Charlotte by Charlotte has like this facial expression where I mean to me it sounds like oh wait this is my chance um, yeah, and I really was just like, yeah, this this version does a really excellent job of like, oh, this is how this character came to this decision. It makes so much more sense. 
Um, I don't know. I just really, just really like that. Well, and I think it also helps too that like we're not. I and maybe I'm just misremembering, but we're not given that scene that we were given in the last one where Elizabeth is like, "Charlotte, be serious. I know you would never act that way." You know, mm. like I think in this, it's portrayed a lot more as like. Uh, Charlotte is a lot more serious about thinking that way and Lizzie kind of knows it and so it's not considered completely ludicrous I mean Lizzie obviously is still like that's ridiculous that's not true but that is more I think that's mostly more because she can't believe that Charlotte would marry a man like Mr. Collins rather than marrying without love you know like that's the vibe that I got from that I really liked um, the relationship that Charlotte and Lizzie had, and that I I was more um, enjoying the fact that it went towards more of like a you you don't love this person, but I don't understand that because that's where Lizzie is in her head and heart sphere, and Charlotte's like, but like you know. This is a person who I can rely on. It was more of like understanding rather than like how could you? Yeah, which I'm here for. Yeah, and I think Elizabeth, she might not maybe accept it right away, but I think she comes to a better understanding of it a lot more quickly than in the last adaptation and maybe even the 1940s one um although the 1940s one was a little bit strange in that it didn't really focus on i don't know i don't know we talked about the 1940s one we don't need to talk about it um but yeah i think that um i just think that the way that the friendship is portrayed in this one was a a lot more realistic Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot more of like a mature friendship yeah yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is just a fun one. The proposal, the first proposal scene will always remind me of the video. Um, do you know the, so there's a video circling on the internet that is um, the last few moments of the first proposal scene where Elizabeth is like, I don't know how I could ever love you. And it goes into the turn down for what? 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 Yeah. Always goes there. Oh my God. (laughs) 100% of the time. Three different people have sent me that on Tumblr. Like, just like, oh, hey, you you write Pride and Prejudice fan fiction. This reminded me of you. And I'm just like, (laughs) this is exactly what people should be reminded of me by. Yes. Yes. I'm very familiar. (laughs) I think I should. Actually, I think that I should um, post that <laughs> on our uh, on our Tumblr. I'll reblog yeah. it and be like, yeah. hey, tune in for when we talk about this this week. <laughs> if you have not watched this already, please. And if you have, it's just a good time. It just makes me feel real hyped. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And then there's the, I don't know, the version that I see, there's those, like, guys that were having like a yo mama battle you remember back in the day when that was a thing <laughs> yo um, mama battle. and there's like that one dude that just like puts his hands on the side of his face and just like yeah. looks like he's dying because the burn is so good <laughs> yeah but yeah. it was 
Yeah, just the best, the best editing choices of that. Like, bless that person's heart, whoever decided to take that video clip and put it with that audio. Yeah. It's just so good. Yeah. So my mind always goes there. Also, I, like, legitimately, like, watched the end of the proposal scene and then paused it, watched that video, and then came back. (laughs) Good choices were made. As you should do. Um, I had some, like, interesting reflections this time about the, um, the scenes where, um, especially in Darcy's letter, they do this visual flashback Mm -hmm. of, like, younger Darcy and, um, Darcy walking in to see Wickham and Georgiana pulling around and... Yeah, I don't know. I feel like uh, I was in this place of, like, it works, and I, I don't know, it's just, again, like, heavy-handedness. Like, what? Oh, oh okay, I, I guess. Don't yeah. So, I think, and here's the thing where I'm, I'm sitting with it right now, is with almost every single letter that talks about something, like, some event happening... Um, not only did we have the character writing the letter narrate it, but mm-hmm. we also had those flashbacks because it doesn't just happen with that. It happens with Lydia's letter. It happens with Mrs. Gardner's letter to Lizzie. Like, it it happens. And actually, yes. I think Lydia's letter is like a flashback within a flashback or something like that. But Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it goes kind of meta. It's weird. But the, but the thing is, is I think, honestly, that, that that would be really effective if it was either the person that wrote it narrating or you're having a flashback, but not both. Cause I think that's where that heavy handedness comes in. And I didn't like, this is one of the things where like, I don't want to talk shit about this, but at the same time, like I actually didn't really like that choice. I thought it was, it was too much. Um, and I would have preferred to just be like, maybe, you know, having the person that write it narrate it, but then their voice fade out. And then you see the flashback scene. Like, I think that would have been a very interesting choice to make versus just having it be like, you're going to watch it and I'm going to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I agree. It was, it was a lot of things, especially in like, yeah, it was just a lot of things. Um, another thing that progressively gets stranger every passing year is the... I don't want to call it like a window Darcy <laughs> or mirror Darcy. Like um, Lizzie Bennett is like, you know, has these scenes where she's like thinking back to the proposal. Um, and like Darcy just like appears on a window or a mirror and is just like, you must allow me to tell you I only admire and love you. And um, I must go now. And it's just like, okay. The visuals of this are just not good within itself now that it's 2020. And also, like, what, what is this choice we're making here? <laughs> that was definitely, like, a romance, like, a, like, a, I feel like that was just a thing, though, in, like, the 90s for, like, ro- like, I feel like I've seen other romantic comedies slash drama movies where, like, you have these, like, flashbacks of this person, you know? True. But yeah. yeah, it was super weird. It was, it felt literally out of place. I was like, no, 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 no. I know what Colin Firth looked like. You can just get that out of here. Like, just get it out. It's in my head already. I don't need it. 
Yeah, we don't we don't need to like have him on a mirrored surface, you know? Yeah. I mean, again, like I don't mind, but also I'm like it's not necessary. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I just felt like it was super unnecessary. And I also, I think for me, I would have preferred to just like witness because again Jennifer Ely is like a great actress and I think I, I could have known what she was thinking about based on just her face you know what I mean yeah true or if we just had like an audio of like her looking into the mirror and hearing that again that would have worked too you know yeah Anyways. um Okay, so there's a scene pretty early on in one of the, I forget which of the parts this is, but um, Lizzie is walking to, I guess, an inn after um, Darcy is just like, can I introduce you to my sister? And a maid like leans out the window is just like if you please mom Mr. Darcy's waiting for you my notes are we to assume Mr. Darcy told this maid to look out the window for Lizzie how did we set this up how did he describe her these are the questions I need to know (laughs) oh my goodness no okay I can answer all of your questions right now Okay, Let's are, you, go. are you ready for This is my headcanon, by the way. There's nothing to support oh, this. But... I was going to be like, did Andrew Davies put this in this book? No, ready. but that would have been amazing. Maybe he did. I have to read the whole thing. Like, I just was flipping through it. Okay, 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 listen. Okay. Okay. My thought is that he is like, Mrs. Reynolds puts it together. And, like, mm-hmm. he says something in passing to her. And she's like you know what Mr. Darcy's gonna die alone he is so socially inept we need to make this happen she has like a (laughs) gathering with all the maids in like the kitchen where he would never walk in and just be like listen we all know that he is a socially awkward nerd and needs love this woman is perfect for him this is what she looks like let's go get her and so they're all like scurrying across the estate trying to find this woman because they do not want Mr. Darcy to die alone Oh and that gosh. is my that is my headcanon. <laughs> That's so beautiful. I love that. <laughs> we gotta get this guy together with this person. Let's go. And that's totally why it was like Mrs. Reynolds. Maybe I was just imagining this, but she keeps sneaking glances at Elizabeth when like she's giving the tour. She's like, hmm. Yes, this one will do. <laughs> yes, good. Excellent. I mean, speaking of, like, the Darcy's throwing hands, um, <laughs> when, um, when Darcy goes out the room to get Bingley, they have um, Georgiana and Lizzie have this cute little, like, bondy moment about her playing piano. And Georgiana was like, my brother would never lie to me, ever! <laughs> like, very ready to be, like, thrown hands. <laughs> Well, and even in that same scene that, it, you know, I was talking about earlier where, like, um, you know, Darcy gets up and is going to throw hands because of Caroline Bingley's, like, dumbass comment. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Elizabeth something, Elizabeth says something te- teasing, like, oh, your brother is too good. 
or or something and uh or no she says your brother is very good and georgiana says he's too good to me and i was like okay girl like (laughs) all right now like six notches it's fine elizabeth was trying to be teasing she's not saying like she wasn't (laughs) trying to be sarcastic or anything like that like she's super into your brother you don't have to worry right yeah i think there's yeah I think that's why she was like, "What? Oh, my brother would never lie to me." She doesn't. She doesn't understand the Elizabeth sassy, sassy vibes yet. Which is actually, which is pretty cute because in the book, it's like towards the end of the, it's like the last two pages or whatever, where it's like, and Elizabeth was also teaching Georgiana that you know to be a little bit more teasing than you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I loved. yeah no I think it's it's this was such a great adaptation but I do there there are a lot of heavy-handed moments that probably would have been better served without um but at the same time there was still like artful kind of throwbacks to the book like I think that characterization of Georgiana having her not really understand Elizabeth's teasing Mm -hmm. um and just the way that, like, the, the friendship between Elizabeth and Charlotte comes off. It comes off a lot more, like, the book relationship than the other adaptations have. And, you know, the sisterly relationship between Jane and Elizabeth. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. So true. Okay, I have another um, headcanon question. Okay. Okay. So, um after Lizzie is over at Pemberley um, and they like stare at each other longingly from the piano. Oh, I love that scene. And she leaves and then Caroline is just like burning Elizabeth by being like, oh, I remember a time when you thought and, you know, Elizabeth Bennett is great. Bingley has this moment where he tries to start the sentence with, like, well, I think I have always wanted to know what he thinks about Elizabeth in this situation. <laughs> Thoughts, opinions, headcanons. I'm ready. Oh, my goodness. How about you give me yours first, and then I'll give you oh, mine. Ooh. Okay. I think, oh, just knowing Bingley, uh, it would probably be like, well, I think she's just right. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm assuming that Bingley did the whole like like we've mentioned before how he's like basically a human golden retriever and he was just like I Eliz- I just I think Elizabeth is, you know, a very accomplished young woman and she reads a lot and is very smart. You know, like something that is like kind of very like she does read a lot, but that, you know, like it's not like, I don't know. I just, I just thought it would be something that's kind of like obvious, but also like just Bingley being like, you know, well, yeah, yeah, but she's, she's awesome because of it, you know? Right. Yeah. I feel like, well, they're talking about like how her like skin is more tan. So maybe he'd be like, well, I think she looks good that way. (laughs) Yeah. Or like something like. Well, you know, I I think it just shows that she's not willing or she's willing to get her hands dirty and she's not willing to just like sit in, you know, like just something along those lines of like, 
Okay, okay, Bingley. Yeah, she, that does. That's exactly what that means. Actually, that's, that that's she's right, feeling. Bud. Yeah. <laughs> You're doing great. Yeah, yeah. You you go, you go, Bingley. You go. And Kristen uh, Bonnell and Carter is such a good choice for this role because he's just so earnest looking. You know, he's got like wide, bright eyes and just like a really easy smile. <laughs> it's just like, oh, like just like give him a little pat on the head and then be like, okay, go play with your friends now. You know, <laughs> you're doing good, sweetie. Elizabeth Bennett tries to explain why it bothers her that um, <laughs> Darcy is thinking ill of her. Says, I can't explain it. I can't bear to think he's alive in this world and thinking ill of me. It's called love. <laughs> yeah yep that's so funny when that scene came on I was like hmm you know what this sounds an awful lot like hmm, like, mm. like love like nah, I think that's them yeah love yep 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 oh my gosh I mean like <laughs> when Darcy and Bingley show back up at uh, Longbourn at kind of the end Mrs. Bennett goes into like two separate like look normal everybody get the house ready it's great yeah it, it kind of reminds me of the well the 2005 Pride and Prejudice had a scene that reminded me strongly of that moment where like she's like fluttering like a bunch of ribbons in her hand and is like everybody look normal like but no, nobody in the history of having that said to them has ever managed to look completely normal after that was said no. to them. Because then you're thinking, like, but what is what do I normally look like? You know, what do I normally do? <laughs> when you're relaxed, you're not thinking about how you're coming. Like all of the photos that have ever been taken of me when I have not been paying attention and have been my most relaxed, normal self have been terrible, you know, <laughs> like. But when I and somebody is like, oh, OK, like Sophia, smile for the picture, like. I can somewhat manage to look like I'm not completely brain dead on the inside. Um, <laughs> so I think it's just like, that's the weirdest phrase to say to somebody, like, look normal. Like, what? No, because now I can't. I'm physically incapable of looking normal now because you said that. Like, I don't remember what normal looks like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the first adaptation I ever saw of Pride and Prejudice. And it just holds such a dear and fond place in my heart. And, you know, like, I remember watching it with my, with my mom and just really loving it from get-go and still love it today. It's just so good. Just so good. Yeah. It holds up for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it was it was the first one that I saw, too, and, and, you know, have a lot of good memories of watching it with my mom and, you know, started me on this, this journey that <laughs> uh, I think shaped a lot of who I am as a person. And, oh, uh, yeah. Just That's really true. thankful for its existence. And uh, if anybody involved with the recording, or not the recording, but if anybody ever involved in the production of it hears this, just know that from the bottom of my heart as one person uh I'm really appreciative and I know I'm not the only person that feels this way so no I would I would echo the same 
thank you for your your good service to this world. Also, if somehow somebody is listening from the 1995 BBC, um, let us know. And also, we would love to like talk more about this adaptation. Or at least I would. I will not speak for Sophia. <laughs> no, you are. You can speak for me. Oh, um, cool. I give you permission. So, <laughs> Ooh, okay. Our hive mind would like to know more about any cool behind the scenes. Okay, so our the quote that we will leave you with um, is something Mary says. Uh, she says, "It behooves us all." to take very careful thought before pronouncing an adverse judgment on any of our fellow men. Um, and I think that this adaptation just shows, uh, and not just, adis- not just this adaptation, but Pride and Prejudice in general just shows that, like, that's absolutely true. You know, you're never hearing, there, no story just has one side, and you very rarely ever hear the whole picture from anybody giving you second or third hand information about something that's happened um yeah okay listen if you have not seen this please watch it just for the scene the lake scene that's like but everybody who has watched it you you know what's up you know we know we know right we've been known we've been known we've been known it's just so good it's there for no reason but i love that well except for the fact that andrew davies is uh convinced friend prejudice is just about the sexual tension so mm, i was gonna say thirsty for Colin <laughs> first and who isn't <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right yeah. oh gosh so i am going to say the best thing was colin first like his eye acting was just mm. on point and i'm gonna say the worst thing was the way that they decided to show us the letters yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. I was doing a lot with those letters, y'all. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, so on a scale of the letters being a lot to Colin first, whatever he do with his eyeballs. <laughs> and, um, it's great. I... Oh, gosh. I want to give this a 9 out of 10. A 9 out of 10. Ooh, I would. Um, I, wanna, I don't know. 10. Lady Catherine de Berg's eye narrowing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I, will, I would give it a 9 out of 10. Crispin Bonham Carter's puppy dog face. Yeah. What is no. next? What is our next version? 2005? Uh, no. Skipping? Bridget Jones Diary came out in oh, 2001. Shoot. Yeah. yeah. And then Jones. Colin Firth is back. Ooh, yes. Hello. Even though he explicitly said at this point he did not want to be typecast as uh, Mr. Darcy and then took... Well, oh. buddy. <laughs> buddy pal, I got some bad, bad news and some good news for you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm sorry, Colin Firth. You're never gonna be. I mean, listen, you're you're Mr. Darcy. You're a good actor, but you're also Mr. Darcy. So yeah, accept your fate. Yeah.
can find us on wherever you're listening now to this. Yay, surprise! Um, which may include iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. Those are the ones I can think of right now. There's more. Anchor. Anchor. Hey. Yeah. Also, again, thank you, whoever is out here listening to us. We appreciate you uh, being a part of our our podcast here, and always like knowing that people are out here with us and listening in or talking to us on our social media, all that jazz. Um, speaking of people on social media, we have more comments on our Instagram page. Yay! Thanks we, for doing that. Yeah, uh, hit us up on our Instagram page. If you have not done so, please continue to do so. If you have, uh, at the Austin Archives, our Tumblr mm-hmm. is com, And um, we're also on Facebook as the Austin Archives. So. Yeah. So interact with us there because um, I did it last time and I want to keep doing it. I want to shout out some people who are interacting with us. Uh, so on Instagram, because I, fun fact, I'm the one running it. Hi, it's me, Jules. Uh, user JKMT21 says about the 1980s BBC, this is the best Lizzie. I love Mrs. Eel, the performance by Mrs. Um, Jarvie, is that how you pronounce her last name? Maybe. It's delightful. On point about Lizzie's initial self-prejudice, her lighthearted wit, and a particular youthfulness that is very accurate. Damn an emoji. Okay, signal. (laughs) Thanks Thanks for sharing those thoughts with us. Yeah, and I will say I do. I do think that that the actress that plays Lizzie Bennet in in the nineteen eighty adaptation does re- do a really really great job. I don't know mm-hmm. if I would say the best, but she's definitely up there. Oh yeah, for sure. I do like the that version and the. I think I said this last week, and I don't need to repeat myself too much, but I do really like the the playfulness that um, our last. Elizabeth Bennett actor had also here for Jennifer Eel. You know, yeah, multiple Lizzie's out there, y'all. Yeah, it's just all love for all the Elizabeth Bennets, except I think there yes. might be a couple coming up that I'm like, mm, don't know how I feel about this, but you know, that's, <laughs> they're still valid in their own ways. Sure, and we'll get there with all of our thoughts and opinions. We will. Mm-hmm. Cool. 